Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Pace. Joined with me, as always, by Zach Henson. Zach, football is back. It's back. Officially, officially back. Tonight, uh, this is Thursday, August 2nd. The Hall of Fame game is playing right now, actually, as we record this. I believe it's halftime. Um, you've been keeping up with this, Zach? I've been flipping back and forth between that and the uh, Braves game. But, you know, the first game back, you know, when you, you see it on TV after a long break, it's always just so weird. I know. know. <laughs> and then you're, just, you're so used to seeing it. But this first game, these first preseason games, it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just like a weird feeling seeing football again. So. Yeah, it's strange, and like you know, I I hate to admit, but the last couple of weeks I've just I've been tweaking. Like I've been needing some football in my life. I've watched a little bit of Canadian League football, and I don't know if you've ever watched a CFL game, Zach, but it is just so foreign to me. I mean, literally, it's in Canada, but the way they play, I mean, the rules are different. You've got receivers and tight ends that get like a running start. The whole thing is just weird to look at, but it's like a tease. Yes. Yeah, I agree. So, um, Hall of Fame game playing right now. Lots of good stuff. Uh, this episode is really special, Zach. We've got some fun stuff planned. Two special guest interviews, and we'll, we'll talk about those later. I, I think we're, we're both pretty excited about those. Oh, yeah. Episode 86. First, uh, just two receivers today. First one that comes to mind, James Lofton, Hall of Fame receiver who played predominantly with the Packers and Bills from 1978 to 1993 and he's currently a color analyst for NFL on CBS. Listen to this. In 16 seasons, here's his stat line. 764 catches, 14,000 receiving yards, 76 touchdowns, and eight Pro Bowls. Wow. Uh, a little bit before our time, Zach, but still a great receiver. Uh, the first 86 that came to mind is this next guy, Heinz Ward, Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver. Guy played in 217 games, 1,000 catches, 12,083 yards, 85 touchdowns. You think he makes the Hall of Fame? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to him. Definitely make the case. Yeah. Here's the most impressive stat about Heinz Ward. In 14 seasons, he missed just seven games. It's insane. I mean, he played in all 16 games in 10 of the 14 years he was in the league. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like he's played forever. You know, he's well, like one of those guys that you're like, he's still playing. Oh, I know. And he played all for the Steelers, all, all 14 seasons. That's yep. pretty rare. Yep. So two pretty good 86s there. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I didn't want to do that thing where we just put in random people like Zach Ertz and stuff like that. So uh, let's just move on here. Zach, what was the best part of your week? Best part of waking up is soldiers in your cup. You know, I'd have to say the best part of my week was today. Sarah had the day off. And so we just got to chill and, you know, uh, you know, just take a, take a day off. So it was, it was pretty nice. What about you? Um, take it. So school started back up, right? In Putnam County. Right. Yes. Yeah. Nice. That's a quick, that's a quick day off. Yeah. So it started Monday and they got yeah. today off and then go back tomorrow and then get the weekend. It's kind of weird. Does Winnie do like the daycare thing? Uh, no, not yet. We're thinking about that possibly soon, but. Uh, right now we've got family helping helping us out, which is great. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, best part of my week is actually probably related to, I mean, what was also the worst part, but um, you know, I, I shared on Facebook and Twitter and things like that. I had a, you know, a death in the family. You know, my uncle, I was really close to 
Um, this guy, my uncle Steve, was obsessed with fantasy football. He was the commissioner of his league. Uh, you know, he was a huge Houston Texans fan, and he, you know, got cancer about two months ago, kind of unexpectedly, and, you know, passed away two Fridays ago, also unexpectedly. And so we, we went to Houston, Texas for his funeral and everything. And, you know, that was obviously sad. And the best part was just, you know, you have that family that you don't see unless there's a funeral or a wedding. Yeah. And so we got to hang out with all of them and, and spend time with my grandpa, things like that. So it was best and worst part of the week. Right. Yeah. That's kind of like the, the silver lining of, you know, a funeral. So. Oh, for sure. Bittersweet. Yep. Um, but yeah, that was you know, the best part of the week. We, I mean, I hate to say the hall of fame game adds to the best part of the week, but like we said, football's back. Yes. Let's just go ahead, Zach. Let's start off. Um, and let's just move right along. We have two special guest interviews this week. Let's just say we have one from our, within our league. We have another special guest interview outside of the league that we're really excited about. Uh, but Zach, this, uh, this first interview here, this is actually a two parter, uh, do you want to go ahead and say who this was with? Maybe we'll get it started. Yeah. Uh, the, the first interview we have here is with Matt Collins of Exotic Smash Mouth. So let's jump into that. It's time for the Call of the Week. All right. With our Call of the Week, we have Matt Collins of Exotic Smash Mouth. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Zach, how are you? I'm doing well. I uh, we've been wanting to have you on for a while. Um, as I guess there's a small group that knows about the big announcement that you have for the 2018 mm-hmm. season. Um, let's just go yeah. ahead and just start off. You want to go ahead and break the news to everybody in the league? Yes. Well, this year after my first year in the league, I was a little disappointed in my in my turnout. Although I did defeat Ross in the overall standings, which was great news. Um, but we've decided to change things up over here at the team formerly known as Exotic Smash Mouth. I'm changing two things. First of all, we have a big name change. Can I, do I reveal that as well, Zach? Is that possible to do that tonight? Yeah, let, let's uh, go with the, the second part of the news first, and then we'll do the name change. Second part first. So uh, along with the first part, which we'll get to in a second, we have a big announcement to make it. At uh, over here in Exotic Smash Mouth Land, that is, we're bringing on a co-manager for this year, uh, Mr. Courtney Norton. Courtney Norton's coming on to the team, going to bring a lot of energy, a lot of knowledge, know-how, trash talk, and all things um, exotic, if you will. Yeah, so glad to have Courtney. Yes, here. and we we have Courtney with us. Courtney, are you there? I'm here. What's up? What's up? What's up? So, uh, Courtney, with with you joining the league here. Um, a few people came up to me at Camel Ball uh, this past Tuesday and were like, was that Matt? I, knew, I didn't think that was Matt. So you were, you were making the pick, um, you know, for y'all's teams, which we'll get to that here in a second. But, um, Matt, go ahead and just break off the, the, the other big announcement that you got. Yeah, well, well, the WCW is returning uh, to Camel Ball Fantasy Football in the form of the West Coast Wombats, and we're back. And uh, we're ready to roll, ready to take down the East Coast Wombats, who are the arch nemesis, enemy number one, um, and probably the worst team in the league. So WCW is going to rise from the ashes like a phoenix and uh, take our rightful place as the throne of the fantasy football league. Wow. So it sounds like just your, your goal for this season is to beat the East Coast Wombats. Isn't that everybody's goal, Zach? Yeah, but... 
I mean, that sounds like it's better than the championship for you guys. Yeah, well, I don't know if it will be better than the championship, but it would definitely be um, – well, yeah, let's say it. it's better than the championship. Um, <laughs> it's it's the one thing I want to do. Um, it's why Courtney has joined forces with me. I, I feel like, you know, last year um, I ranked higher than the East Coast Wombats, but I was defeated in the head-to-head matchup. And so I feel like the addition of Courtney this year and the name change to the West Coast Wombats is really going to uh, – just put us over the top in that endeavor. Gotcha. Courtney, uh, what do you feel like you're going to be able to bring to the table with Matt joining up? Uh, I feel like I can bring a, a lot of intimidation. Uh, I feel like I have an inside track on the uh, East Coast Wombats. And, uh, you know, like I told Matt before, I think we're the original Wombats. So we had to, mm-hmm. we had to I just had to step on and, and represent. And, you know, everything's just going to work out just easy, easy as pie, you know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Who's gonna <laughs> Who's gonna be handling all the the trade offers and roster management? Is it gonna be a combination of you guys, or will one handle you know trades and somebody does the lineup? How's it gonna go? I think Talking we're gonna. To yeah, yeah, you don't want to go ahead, Courtney. Take it away. Hey, you know we work we work well together, so I think we'll just coordinate with each other. We we'll just run different ideas by each other, you know, and. Uh, just make the best decision. I think we, we kind of have a nice little check and balance between ourselves. So it'll, I think it'll, it'll be a beautiful partnership. Courtney, what, totally was, agree. Courtney, yeah. what was running through your mind um, at the pre-draft meeting when you took pick number five? Uh, well, you know, I didn't want to go pick number one, especially in the snake draft that, that kind of leaves you in a, in a vulnerable spot. And, uh, I just figured pick five, it was kind of towards the middle of the pack, but it lets us get a nice little jump start on the on everyone else. It just seemed like a good, logical, solid uh, spot to be choosing in. And, and Matt, what is your opinion on pick number five? Are you, are you happy with that? Yeah, I was pleased. Last year I had pick number seven. It was a little lower than I wanted to be in the first round. Um, and so I was happy that Courtney was able to snag pick number five. I think that's one one step in the right direction, uh, showing uh, what a great team we will already be by being able to make good decisions like that. So I was really happy with pick number five. Gotcha. Do you speaking of that pick number seven last year? Do you have any regret in taking Zeke seven, seventh overall? Well, good question, Zach. I think Zeke ended up playing um, a, a pretty good amount for 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 the gamble. Uh, he was definitely a good ball player for me when he was in the lineup. Um, so I don't know that I have any regrets. I had a lot of other holes to fill last year. I don't know that Zeke was my problem. Um, had a lot of injuries. Uh, Doug Martin was a total bust, as uh, we saw in the blog post this week. Um, and so there were, there were some other areas that could have improved for sure. But I think when Zeke was in the game, uh, he was averaging almost like 20 points a week. So I don't regret taking Zeke. Um, with number seven would I do it again probably so yeah I think I enjoyed that bit all right well uh guys do you have any last words for you know I don't know just anybody in our league specifically that you want to say uh before we end this interview um the only thing I have to say is that I hope this year that the west coast wombat WCW um, defeats East Coast Wombats in such a way that for the second year in a row, one or both of the members will leave the Facebook group one more time. <laughs> All right, Courtney, you got anything to add to that? Does that, does that hey, sum it up? Matt, Matt, 
Matt has spoken. <laughs> He's already laid it down. There's nothing else to be said. All right. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you guys uh, August 31st. All right. Appreciate All right. it, fellas. Thanks. Once again, that was Matt Collins and Courtney. I didn't catch his last name, Zach. Courtney Norton. Courtney Norton, newest member of the CMB Fantasy Football League. Yes, yeah. What'd you think? I Man, he came in swinging. I love it. This is a, uh, you know, taking Int- shots at Ross and Reed. I, I always love that. Intimidation and easy as pie. I feel like that's their, their new motto right there. Intimidation and easy as pie for the West Coast Wombats. Those were also the buzzwords that I heard and appreciated. I mean, I, I kind of figured after Malarkey was fired, they kind of had to ditch the exotic Smash Mouth name. Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, Matt told me, I guess it was a while back, that he was thinking about bringing Courtney on, and I told him, you know, that would be great, and let's wait to announce it on, you know, on the podcast. And then Matt could not make the meeting, the pre-draft meeting on Monday, so Courtney had to sit in. But I didn't want to kind of give it away completely, that Courtney was joining there, right. save, you know, save for the podcast hashtag. And um, so a few, you know, Greg and some others were like, you know, I, I, I was wondering if that was Matt or not. And I was like, that's not Matt. So right. we told a few guys, you know, like at Campbellball at the All-Star game. But yeah, we're really excited for Courtney to be joining the league. And the more co-managers, the better. I think it's fun. Man, I wish we could have had him on a little longer. Maybe we'll bring him back on sometime. Have like a get to know you, Courtney session. Yeah, okay. What yeah. uh? What's Courtney's connection to to the league to Matt? Uh, he just goes to church at Jefferson. So okay, yeah, yeah. So he uh, he's a great guy and it'd be a really good addition for the league. Especially, I mean, you know, talking smack to Ross, that's always a plus for sure. And this confirms, I guess, I I honestly didn't know until after our pre-draft meeting, which we'll talk about later. I still did not know if Reed Garrison was returning to the league, but you confirmed it. Yeah, I think he is. Uh, he he was the first one to like the uh, um, the pre-draft or the, the the draft order. Right. I don't know if you saw that. I did, yeah. Yeah, so he was the first one. I assume he's in. Um, I assume Ross is in, you know, at this point. So I'm just moving forward that they're in. Yeah, really excited about the addition to the league. Uh, we'll get to know Courtney, of course, a little better over – um, you know, the rest of this season as we, as we get going here, Zach is, is Courtney on Facebook. If we are going to add him to the group, you know, I don't know if he's on Facebook, um, but we will add him to the group. If he is, I'll text him and find out. Looking forward to it. Hey, one more interview. We, uh, we have this, uh, special guest that joined us, joined us, uh, today. This is James Coe. Uh, James is a fancy football analyst expert. Uh, you know, we're really excited about our conversation with James who, really a lot of insight, kind of a generalist perspective. You know, we've had on beat reporters for individual teams around the league, but James kind of has a, a broader view of the league as a whole. So we got a lot of great stuff. Uh, here is James Coe. It's time for the Call of the Week. Our next guest is James Coe, who is an Emmy Award-winning sports journalist and expert fantasy football analyst, the owner of a great head of hair and a great guest for this podcast. James, how are you? Uh, it sounds so official. I, I, I sound so important when uh, when you lay it all out like that. But no, it's uh, it's great to join you guys um, anytime, man. I'm I'm pleased to be here. I mean, the head of hair—that's got to be your number one attribute, right? That you share at oh, parties. Oh, 
Absolutely. Are you? Of course. I mean, you know, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, I, I've got a good set of hair. Uh, I'm, I'm going to fly. If you got it, flaunt it, baby. That's what I do. That's right. That's right. Hey, <laughs> our, our fantasy football league, we're based in Middle Tennessee. So naturally, yeah. a, good portion, a good portion of our managers and our podcast listeners are Titans fans. Are you particularly high or low on any of the Titans this year? What's kind of the general fantasy consensus with this new offense? Well, yeah, I think we don't necessarily know what we're going to get uh, with Tennessee's offense. Uh, I think what we do kind of like, at, at least from the fantasy perspective, right, is the fact that they've brought on a, an offensive coordinator that was attached to that high-scoring Rams offense last year. So you kind of figured they might get a little bit more creative. Um, <laughs> look, exotic smash mouth, I still don't know what the hell that is. Um, so maybe that was creative, but from what I could tell on, on, on game tape, not necessarily so much, right? So um, hopefully they open it up a little bit more this year. You know, you'd like to see Marcus Mariota uh, really exhibit some of that athleticism that he possesses, uh, which I truly believe they did not unlock last year. So can Corey Davis take a step forward? Obviously, we know about Derrick Henry and the big bruising power that he possesses. Deion Lewis is going to be a terrific compliment to him in the backfield as well. I think partly part of what will unlock this offense is just the simple fact that they're not going to be handing the ball off to DeMarco Murray 300 times or whatever the hell it, it was last year. So right. yeah, they're going to open it up a little bit more. They will be a higher pace of play than we saw last year. They're going to score some more points from a fantasy perspective. I think Corey Davis is, is, is probably Corey Davis is probably going to be um, a good value in the, you know, seventh or eighth round. Derek Henry still going pretty early. Um, don't know how I necessarily feel about that, but certainly they've got one of the best offensive lines in football. So uh, if you want to spend a fourth, fifth-round pick on Derrick Henry, I don't think anyone's going to blame you. Yeah, and James, I saw your 12-team PPR best ball draft on Twitter yesterday, and, and I saw you took Deshaun Watson in the fifth round. Are you expecting the Deshaun Watson we saw, you know, weeks two through seven last year? What's kind of the what's – your, what's your thoughts on maybe on the Texans this year? Well, you know, Deshaun Watson, is he going to be the, the guy that we saw on that torrid pace last year? I mean, no. It's just we saw almost a historical pace. Uh, really last year from Deshaun Watson. But that's why I'm taking him in the fifth round and not in the third round. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, I still feel very confident in Deshaun Watson. As a matter of fact, I love, I love Deshaun Watson, man. <laughs> yeah. um, and maybe it's, it's just part of me, you know, having watched him ball up at, at Clemson and, um, and playing in those high-stakes, high-profile games, man, and, and just doing it again in the NFL. He hasn't been stopped yet. That's the crazy thing. He hasn't been stopped yet. So – um, it, it's funny to me, man. People keep saying like, no, he's going to come back to earth. Oh, there's going to be regression. No, we're going to see this, you know, all these pace stats uh, of historical quarterbacks. And it's like, look guys, Deshaun Watson is in, is a fabulous athlete. He's got a, a gambler's mentality of just tossing that ball downfield in fantasy football. If there is an Achilles heel to his real life game, it's that he turns the ball over. But in fantasy, you, for a quarterback, you don't get dinged uh, nearly as much as you should for turnovers, especially at the quarterback position. I always go back, and again, we could stay in this division. I go back to Blake Bortles. This guy was a top 10 fantasy quarterback again and again and again, and it's not because he's good. 
It's because he himself turns the ball over, creating a situation where he needs to keep the ball in his hands and just keep chucking it downfield. That's how this guy's scoring fantasy points. Similarly, Deshaun Watson, who's actually a good quarterback, even if he turns the ball over, he gets the ball right back. So, yes, I am anticipating a strong year for Deshaun Watson. Obviously, he's got to stay healthy. Uh, but there's a big reason why. Um, and I know I'm goo-goo gaga for, for Deshaun Watson, but <laughs> I have him ranked as my number one quarterback oh, over wow. Aaron Rodgers, which I know is a little bit of a hot take, but screw it. I'm going with it. I like it. No, I like that. Uh, and, you know, there have been several recent rookie running backs, James, who have had successful first seasons, you know, guys like Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt. Do you expect similar production from this year's rookie running backs? Only Saquon Barkley. I think Saquon Barkley is, is a locked and loaded top 10 pick. If you're not taking him in the first 10 picks, I think you're doing it wrong. Um, and again, I, I, there's always this concern. He's never done it before. He's never, he's a rookie. He's never hit the NFL football field. Look, how did that work out for Todd Gurley? How did that work out for Ezekiel Elliott? How did it work out for a list of rookie running backs, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt last year? If you're not believing in these guys simply because they have not produced on an NFL field, well, you're just not watching enough football, man. Um, Saquon Barkley running behind a vastly improved offensive line uh, there in New York. And that's the other thing. Everyone just remembers the, the taste of Eric Flowers at left tackle. It's like, look, they, they've moved him on. Yep. They've, they've made a great free agent signing. They've addressed O-line uh, in the offseason through the draft as well. So it's going to be a vastly improved offensive line. They already have the ingredients on defense to actually be, a, I think, a top 15 unit in the NFL, which should pair nicely with a, a balanced run game as well. So – yeah, man. Um, I, I really believe in Saquon. In terms of other rookie running backs, I know there's a lot of um, – I think there's a lot of press clippings on Darius Geis. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I love the talent. I love the talent. But keep in mind, coming from LSU, this is a guy that ran behind power. I mean, he ran a power run scheme all day long. They're going to run zone read and do a lot of outside zone, inside zone there at Washington. I don't think Darius Geis has ever run his own. So I'm curious to see if, if the talent transcends. I mean, I know he's got the entire offseason and all that to, to kind of get acclimated with it. But I don't know, man. So I'm just I'm curious to see if a power running back um, behind – and again, Washington's got a great offensive line too, but can he pick up the scheme? That's kind of what I'm curious about. Hey, this may seem like a shameless kind of selfish request for advice, but if you're near the snake pick at the bottom of a, let's say, a 14-team PPR league, what's kind of your best value? What's your strategy there with those two picks in the bottom on the snake? Do you go best running back, then best receiver? What's your thought there? I, I think all the best running backs will be gone. I mean, whenever I've you know picked later in the draft, so 10, 11, 12, um, I just find myself going wide receiver, wide receiver, and just best available. You know what I mean? So the, 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 the nice part about being at the bottom part of, that, uh, of your draft, the snake pick, as you mentioned, you just go for your guy, man. Uh, I really honestly just – I don't care about ADP when I'm drafting 12 out of 12 or 14 out of 14 or 10 out of I – just, I just don't care because that pick is not going to come back. You know what I mean? So it's like, oh, maybe I'm, maybe it's 10 picks too early per ADP. Who cares? Right. You're not going to see that guy coming back. Just go get that dude. Um, so if you like a guy, go get him. That's always my, that's always my tip for drafters who are drafting 
um, you know, around that, that the, the turn there, just go get your guy. Anyone who listen, who has listened to our podcast, they know we're familiar with an IDP league. We have five lineup spots, two defensive backs, three general IDP players. What's uh, what's your take on IDP leagues as a whole? And are there any IDPs this year you're high on? <laughs> God bless your soul for playing IDP, but you won't find me in one. Um, <laughs> I, look, individual players are great, man. It's awesome. But just in my experience, and look, I've only played in, I think, you know, a handful of IDP leagues. And I got to be honest with you, man, I didn't enjoy them, man. I just didn't. It's, it's, it's too – it just feels too random you know, uh, the points that you get from your defensive player. And, you know, so much of it is based on scheme and uh, I don't know, man. It's just, that's, it's just not for me, but God bless you if you play it. Um, I, I know for a lot of people, you know, they're bigger defensive player fans and offensive player fans. So this is a way, uh, to, to get you in, in playing fantasy. So yeah, man, I'm not going to hate on it. Just, it's just not for me. And lastly here, one of our favorite segments we do, uh, we call No Thanks, which is where we break down a player we want nothing to do with in fantasy this season. So we'll say a player, we'll make our case, and then we'll just say no thanks. So, James, who are you saying no thanks to in 2018? Oh, man. Um, I think Joe Mixon is being drafted entirely too high. I mean, he's a top 20 pick regardless of format, and I just am baffled by it. You know, people have said, oh, well, if you look at his last six games or last seven games or whatever it was, but you know what, man? I did watch the last six games, last seven games, and maybe the numbers were improved, but they weren't. First of all, they weren't great, okay? But they, yes, they were improved, uh, certainly from when he first started the season, where he was just atrocious. I mean, he was just abysmal uh, to start his camp, rookie campaign last year. But the bottom line is, Gio Bernard was just a straight-up better player than Joe Mixon last year. Now, there's going to be certainly some idea that, you know, hey, listen, the Bengals, they invested a high draft capital in Joe Mixon. They're going to get him on the field. Okay, that's fine. I still don't think they've addressed their offensive line uh, very much at all this offseason. I, I don't think they've improved offensively at all. Marvin Lewis is still, uh, is still there. I mean, he's a, a lame duck um, uh, head coach there for, mm-hmm. for the Bengals. And I, I don't think they've addressed anything on the offensive side of the ball this year. So I, I'm just confused. I, I don't, I don't see any increased uh, prospects for Joe Mixon. I don't know why he's going as a top 20 uh, pick. There's a ton of other players. I would rather take than I, I would take Joe Mixon maybe in the fifth or sixth or seventh round. That's kind of where I value him. So I don't really understand where all the, the, the rose-colored colored glasses are coming out for Joe Mixon. Um, and he is an a- absolute non-starter for me um, at his current ADP. So if we could just get it one time, James Coe saying, Joe Mixon, no thanks. Joe Mixon, no thanks. I love it. All right, guys, hey, go follow James on Twitter, at James Deco. Uh, great takes, better hair, and a great get for this podcast. Really appreciate it, James. <laughs> Anytime, boys. Once again, that was James Coe. Zach, really, really enjoyed that conversation. What did you take from our talk with James Coe? He really likes Deshaun Watson. Yes. Yeah. He really likes Deshaun Watson and really likes his, uh, his hair, his own hair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I kind of lobbed him that one in the, uh, the little bio there, but, I mean, it's in his Twitter bio, you know? Yeah, no, and he, he does have good hair, so I mean, yeah. 
yeah, if you've, like you said, if you've got it, flaunt it. Um, but, hey, speaking of James Coe, who covers pretty much the entire league, let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Zach, we mentioned that football is back, sort of. I mean, the Hall of Fame game, it doesn't quite feel like football's back. I mean, we're watching the NFL unfold here. Like I said, we're, uh, you know, Hall of Fame game Thursday night. No Joe Flacco or Mitchell Trubisky tonight. So we didn't get to see any of the starting quarterbacks for either of those teams. Um, but, you know, it looks like Lamar Jackson's thrown a touchdown. It's, uh, you know, Roger Griff- Robert Griffin III threw a touchdown. Oh, I didn't even – wait, is he on the Ravens? RG3, yeah, he's the backup QB for the Ravens. Okay. So, Zach, what – um. What's kind of your take on that? With We'll just talk real quick about the Ravens here. I don't know if you've heard any info or if you've done any digging on, on the Ravens offense this year with, with Flacco versus Jackson versus maybe even RG3. It might be a, a three-QB battle. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I, they're going to give it to Flacco to start off with, but, I mean, he better play really well if he wants to keep the job um, because I think that they really like Lamar Jackson and I – obviously it's the time of year where you know you throw a 20 yard pass to somebody and you're comfortable with them or something and that's going to make a headline but uh you know it appears that they really like Lamar Jackson from all the reports so it's I mean Joe Flacco is uh reportedly looking really well as well as well so um he may be super motivated you know it kind of might be one of those Alex Smith uh effects you know kind of like last year yeah, and you know, the first round of the NFL draft this past year kind of confused me what the Ravens did. They had two first-round picks. I believe the second pick they had in the first round, they traded back up to get into the first. But, you know, they take actually a tight end with their first pick in the first round, Hayden Hurst from South Carolina. And so I, I was kind of curious what their thinking was there. I mean, you know, Hayden Hurst was believed to be the best rookie tight end in this class. Uh, but then you look at Lamar Jackson, who a lot of people probably had as the fifth or sixth best QB so, you know, they thought highly of Jackson enough to trade up to get him, but they didn't think highly enough to take him with that first first round pick. So, uh, who knows? We'll see. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was the Hall of Fame game Thursday night. We start officially rolling into preseason games. What is it? Uh, next Thursday? I need to check. I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe some Saturday games. Either way, I, I try to not take too much stock in the preseason, especially the first week of the preseason. You know, those yeah, guys play right. the guys play maybe one series or two. Yep. Um, but yeah, let's let's move on here. News that kind of hit close to home. Uh Titans starting strong safety, Jonathan Cyprian tore his ACL in Titans practice. Uh I wanna say on Wednesday, out for the season. Yes. Yeah, unfortunate. You you always see the reports of all the injuries and you're hoping it's not one of the Titans and there's already a list of ACL tears, you know, so far. So Right. Been very unfortunate. Yeah, the the ACL tear is kind of like the silent killer. I mean, there's always not always, but most times it's those non contact injuries. So, you know, it takes kind of a while to observe and, and kind of figure out what happened. But, you know, Jonathan Cyprian, a guy who signed a three year, thirty million dollar deal two years ago with the Titans, you know, last year in his first year with the team, he missed the first eight games. And so this year he'll miss the entire season. So it's you know, if he plays all of next year, he will have only played half of his three year contract. Yeah, and the dude was – he was really good for Jacksonville before. I remember, at least IDP-wise, he was always somebody to, to target. 
Yeah, he's kind of that bruiser strong safety. I mean, I, you know, right. he came up he came up big against the Chiefs in that wild card game. Yeah. He's the, he's the one that put the hit on Travis Kelsey and knocked him out. And then on a fourth down, the last play of the game for the Chiefs, you know, he knocked away the ball to kind of seal the game for the Titans. So, you know, he had his moments. I'd like yeah. to see, you know, him return and, and have a strong year. But it's looking like, you know, the Titans on Friday are going to meet with Eric Reed, former safety for the 49ers, and Kenny Vaccaro, former safety from the Saints. Do you have any preference there, Zach? No, no. As long, I mean – Let's just get somebody in and get them into camp as soon as possible <laughs> at this point. I feel like Vaccaro's a name I you know, used to hear a lot as an IDP guy who had a lot of solo tackles. So maybe you know, there'll be yeah. some more IDP yeah, value there. Yeah, I like him. Uh, but that was the news here in, in Tennessee. You know, Moving on, this is something that hit close to home with Jake Standifer. I know Matt Suggs posted about this. Don't think it's as serious, but Antonio Brown, uh, arguably the best receiver in the NFL, Pittsburgh Steeler, highest paid receiver is day-to-day with what is an unexplained injury uh, Mike Tomlin head coach won't tell the media what's the injury but saying it's day-to-day and not that serious so Zach is this because I know you're a believer but is this the earliest possible Madden curse to date it's got to be right I can't think of any earlier training camp injuries to the yeah. Madden cover player the big warning sign big warning sign actually the big warning sign is when I told everybody about this a uh, few episodes ago, but you know, I don't want to brag, but um, I heard this is probably a uh, injury to his shoulder from carrying some of those like man purses that he's been carrying around. I don't know if you've seen that in some of his fashion, but uh, that's what I've heard. That was well played. Uh, I, I just, you know, let's hope it's not that serious. I mean, the league's a lot more fun when Antonio Brown is catching passes and Jake is a lot happier. <laughs> I mean, we, we saw two years ago when Jake was the ice bucket winner or loser, yeah. how unhappy he can get. Um, so I'd like to see Jake uh, in a happy, you know, fantasy season. Wow. That sounds like collusion if I've ever heard it. I like Jake. Who knows? Maybe one, maybe one day Jake and Pace will team up. Whoa. Whoa. Who knows? Where's the breaking news bumper? I got to get that. Do you have one? I mean, I do. I just, yeah, I've got to set it up first, but. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's any collusion. But anyway, we'll move on here. Hopefully, AB's all right. Speaking of receivers, though, guy who was a high-profile name for some time, but last season really dipped off. In the most unsurprising news of the offseason, Eric Decker signs a one-year deal with the New England Patriots. Signed, I believe, officially Thursday morning. But this is a guy that everyone kind of thought was going to sign with the Patriots. This is like a perfect receiver for Bill Belichick, I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, I heard a lot of people saying that they thought he would go there. So um really comes as, I guess, no surprise to majority of people. Yeah, and, you know, Eric Decker, say what you want. I mean, the guy had so many productive seasons with the Broncos and then the two years or three years with the Jets. Last season played all 16 games for the Titans, 54 catches, 563 yards, and just one touchdown. Um, kind of a disappointment all season, especially when it came to the playoffs. You know, had so many drops against the Chiefs in that wild card game. Of course, he came up big with the, uh, the go-ahead, you know, kind of the game-winning score there. But, you know, I, I think people in Nashville were largely disappointed in Eric Decker. Yeah, and I would say largely disappointed in the offense as a whole, you know, last year for the Titans. So. Oh, sure. And, and you know, the, the Patriots signed Eric Decker after Jordan Matthews, who we had talked about being injured earlier this offseason, 
officially was placed on, I guess, the release list for injury. So no longer a New England Patriot. But, uh, you know, they, they've signed a few receivers this offseason. Um, let's, let's look right here. This is according to Mike Rice, who is the Patriots beat reporter for ESPN. He said in this tweet from this morning on Thursday, said, per Adam Schefter, Patriots expected to sign wide receiver Eric Decker to a one-year deal. Wide receiver depth chart for New England. Julian Edelman, who's suspended for four games. Chris Hogan. Philip Dorsett. Cordell Patterson. Eric Decker. Kenny Britt. Malcolm Mitchell. <laughs> wow. I feel like 2014's calling, and yeah. once it's receivers back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. So who knows what we'll expect from the Patriots receivers. You know, I, I think this could be, um, you know, a slow year. But then again, it's, it's Tom Brady, so who knows? Yep. But uh, we talked about Jordan Matthews getting cut by the Patriots. Another receiver in the AFC was cut. This is Brandon LaFell of the Cincinnati Bengals. Kind of a surprising cut, Zach. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, he'll probably go sign with the Patriots. <laughs> yeah, I would not be surprised there. It's going um, to happen. I, I found out something today that I was kind of surprised by. Again, another stat here. This was a tweet from Mike Clay, uh, NFL. Mike Clay is the uh, lead fantasy expert for ESPN. And he said, say what you want about his game, but LaFell has seen a huge part of the Bengals' offense. LaFell played in eight more snaps than A.J. Green last season. So he was on the field for 95% of the Bengals' pass plays over the last two seasons. Wow. So kind of a surprise that they just let him go. Yeah. He was always one of those guys that seemed like he would get picked up or dropped, you know, over and over. Um, and you didn't know whether to, to, to pick him up, you know. So he was just kind of like always on the verge of being, you know, worthy of being in a starting lineup. Really? So this is kind of creepy, Zach, how similar this is. So, you know, I just mentioned Eric Decker's stat line. And then you just made the comment about maybe the Patriots will sign Brandon LaFell whom I believe Brandon LaFell has played for the Patriots. Yeah, he played for them in 2014 and 2015. So, again, Eric Decker last season with the Titans, 54 catches, 563 yards, one touchdown. Brandon LaFell in 2017 for the Bengals, 52 catches, 548 yards, three touchdowns. Whoa. Eerily similar. Okay, okay. So, again, another surprise there. This is actually almost all of the news we've covered around the league. This has been stuff that's happened today, Thursday, you know, August 2nd. So, yep. a lot of news is picking up. I mean, I feel like the last couple of podcasts, the news has been spread out by like a week. Yes. You know, a week worth yeah. of coverage or so. Yeah, yeah. So, that, uh, that kind of wraps up the news with our trip around the league. Um, Zach, we have pretty much rounded out the entire NFC conference with our previews of the different divisions last one here nfc west cardinals rams 49ers seahawks let's do what we've been doing here zach and let's kind of rank some of these position groups when we look at the quarterbacks of the nfc west how would you rank them zach uh the groups or the just the starter well, let's just let's just go with the starter. And I know there's one team in Arizona who we don't exactly know who the starter right. will be. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so I guess you go Wilson, um, Goff, Garoppolo, and then Bradford. Um, Ro- Rosen, yeah. Rosen, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, so you and I, we had Jimmy G and Goff flipped. Um, but, you know, a couple of surprises last season 
um, with some of these quarterbacks that, you know, I, I think I mentioned last week, Zach, I said that Alex Smith was the number three quarterback in our league last year, which was kind of a surprise. Yes. yes. Do you know who the number one quarterback in the CMB Fantasy Football League was last season? I do. You, you want to reveal it? Russell Wilson. Yep. Whom I believe was on uh, Jeff and Rob Goss team. Does that sound right? I'm not sure. So Russell Wilson finished with 428 fantasy points last year in our league. The second best quarterback, Zach, Tom Brady, 373. So there was nearly a 50-point delta between the first and second best quarterbacks. Yeah, that's just crazy. That is unreal. Um, And so we both had Russell Wilson there at the top. I mean, the guy first in our league, like I said, here's his stat line last year, 34 passing touchdowns and three rushing touchdowns. Guy threw for 4,000 yards, rushed for, you know, 586 yards. I just, I don't, Russell Wilson reminds me so much of another quarterback who was drafted in 2012, Andrew Luck, in that, you know, it doesn't matter the talent around them. Both of those guys, you know, Luck and Wilson, they find ways to make big plays and win games, even, you know, when the the talent is kind of missing around them. Um, And so I just... You know, I don't think Wilson will rank the top of this division amongst like quarterback wins, but that stat to me is not important. It's not relevant to what we're talking about with fantasy football. Yeah. What's kind of your take on on Russell Wilson? Just, I mean, without rushing ability, you know, and then last year not having a running a rushing attack or whatever, he had to do all the work. So it's just it makes sense if you think about it. I had Jimmy G second here. Um, really impressive start to his career, obviously. You know, quarterback wins, like I mentioned, not a fantasy stat, but Jimmy G is 7-0 and as a starting quarterback. 2-0 and with the Pats, 5-0 and with the Niners. And in just five games last year, he finished as the 31st best quarterback in our league. Um, might, not th- might not be that impressive, but, I mean, the guy played in only five games and already cracked, you know, the top 32. Yeah. Um, in seven starts in his career, he's a 67.3% passer, 12 touchdowns and just five picks. Um, so this year, you know, I, I like his outlook. I mean, he's, he's got blazing fast receivers all around him and Pierre Garçon, Marquise Goodwin, and, and Trent Taylor. Uh, they drafted Dante Pettis from Washington. So I think Jimmy G is set up for success. Um, Zach, what do you like about Jared Goff and the, uh, the Rams in their offense? Um, I think the only thing I really like, did they get Brandon cooks this year? Yeah. Traded, traded for Brandon cooks with uh, the Patriots. I mean, you gotta be excited about that. And, um, you know, just having a good running game and stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, just a good balanced attack. Jared Goff will still make the, you know, bad turnover. Um, you know, Goff last year, 11th best quarterback in CMB, but like you said, he's got, He's got a lot more weapons, I think, than he even had last year. They lost Sammy Watkins, but I don't think it'll matter too much. And then, of course, he's got always they, – they love screens with the Rams. So throwing to Todd Gurley certainly helps out. Yeah. And then kind of the odd man out here, we, we don't exactly know what the quarterback situation is going to be in Arizona. You know, they spend a high first-round pick on Josh Rosen. But even – it doesn't really matter who the QBs are here. I don't, I don't, I'm not high on either of them, really. Um, what are, what's kind of your thought on, on the Arizona offense with Larry Fitzgerald playing in his, you know, 31st NFL season, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, 
yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what to think about either one of the guys. Like, just something to watch during the preseason. You know, keep an eye on that. Yeah, for sure. So we'll kind of move on from that and, and look at the running back committees. Zach, where would you rank these four teams? Um, I think first overall, I would give it to um, the Rams. You know, just I, I, I guess because of last year. And then coming in second, you're going to give it to David Johnson, which would be close, you know, between the Rams and, and Cardinals um, if it had not been for David Johnson's injury. But because of that, and just you're not 100% sure um, how David Johnson is, you know, uh, we'll give it to the Cardinals at two. And I guess then you give it to the 49ers and then definitely the Seahawks last, which was a disaster last year. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, again, I flipped just two spots here with you. I agree with, with the Rams and then uh, Arizona being first and second there. I actually put Seattle third. You know, I think they've, they've invested a little bit in the running back spot. I think Rashawn Penny, who they drafted from San Diego State, is definitely going to be their workhorse back. You know, they've been doing this whole, like, running back by committee, and the committee is nine running backs for the last couple of seasons. I just – I don't – I'm not as high on, um, you know, Jarek McKinnon as a lot of people are in San Francisco. So, we'll see here. And, and looking at the Rams, Todd Gurley, definitely a top – would you say top three running back? Oh, for sure. Who who would you put in there in, in the top three? Uh, I don't know. I haven't looked at the rankings. I mean, I've been, I've been worried about the top top three because I know we're not getting any of those people. <laughs> yeah, for, I, yeah. Me at twelve, I completely agree. I just I think Le'Veon Bell and Todd Gurley, and then that third person, and it's kind of hard to, to to find. So maybe even put Gurley as the second best in fantasy football. Yeah, yeah. He had a great year, so. So, and then I just, and maybe I'm putting on my Vols colored uh, shades, but John Kelly, if anything happens to Todd Gurley, you feel good about John Kelly being the starting running back for the Rams in that offense. So, uh, and then David Johnson coming back for the Cardinals, big season for, for those two teams. But I think it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's the Rams and it's, it's the Cardinals there for the receipt for the running back position. And then it's kind of everybody else. I don't like really Seattle or San Francisco's running back situation. Yeah. Zach, where would you rank the wide receivers in this division? The groups there. Huh. Why? We'll, well, we'll, we'll include tight ends too. So just, just like the pass catching um, amongst the division. You go first. You go first on this one. I had Rams. I had Seahawks, Cardinals, and then San Francisco. San Francisco last. Yeah, and just because there's a lot of youth. I mean, Pierre Garçon is really the one guy that has a lot of, uh, you know, veteran leadership and, and good ones fast, and he's been around the league a little bit. But, yeah, it's just it's still a young group. Yeah, I think that's exactly what I would pick. I was just debating between the 49ers and Seahawks. Um, I agree with the Rams and then the Cardinals. The Cardinals lost, uh, who was it, John Brown in the offseason. Yes. Man, he had so much potential. And uh, I can't remember where he is. He, is he with Baltimore? He might be. Yes. I don't know. I bl- but, yeah. But if he was there, then that would make it a lot closer if that guy could stay healthy. But, uh, yeah, I agree with your, your rankings on that. Christian Kirk, you know, the receiver that was drafted, I believe, in the second round, or maybe the third, out of Texas A&M. I watched him play a lot in the SEC. The guy is so fast. He will probably be there. 
uh, punt returner and kick returner with with Matthew. Oh, you got Jeff and Rob's attention right there. Keep going. Oh yeah, yeah. Keep going, keep going. They're listening. Uh, you know, Christian Kirk's he he'll probably be their return specialist. I think they're trying to take away those duties from Patrick Peterson. Just have him play corner. Tyron Matthew, of course, now a Houston Texan. So Christian Kirk will probably have a lot of the special teams roles, and he's probably their number two receiver behind Larry Fitzgerald now. Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald, do you think Greg's listening when I talk about Fitzy? you think he'll end up on, on Greg Co? Um, no, I don't. No, I'm going to say no. When I think of Greg, I don't think of Fitzgerald for some reason. So I don't know why I do for some reason. I just I've feel got, like – Yeah, I've got other – I've got other players that I think of for Greg. Maybe we should maybe we should get to that in a minute. I, I really don't want to that. I don't want to date myself, Zach, and I don't want to like point attention to the age gap between us, but I remember Larry Fitzgerald's rookie season. He drafted, you know, first round out of University of Pitt and he was I wanna say he was on the cover of, of that college football season, two thousand five. It was actually I believe it was the two thousand four draft. But uh, and it was it was the draft the year that those three quarterbacks went and Eli Manning and uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. I was in the fifth grade. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that is how long Fitzy's been playing and just playing yeah. at an elite level still. I mean, it's insane. Yeah, that's that's what's incredible is that you just doubt him and he still puts up a solid year. You know, I mean, it's just incredible. But that is kind of our, our discussion this week for our trip around the league and, and talking about our, our divisional previews. We'll move to the AFC next week for next week's episode, and then we'll cover all four of those divisions. I mean, by the time we hit out the AFC, it'll be time for us to draft. I know. It's, getting, it's just unbelievable. It's getting so close. Zach, let's talk about our C&B League news. I know we had, our, we had our pre-draft meeting Monday night. Zach, if you want to, real quickly, we don't have to uh, to spend too much time on this, but if you want to go over the results of the pre-draft meeting and, and where everyone's slotted to uh, to pick. Yeah, so the, the official draft order, for those that uh, may want to hear it again, number one is Greg Lucius, followed by Ryan Risher, Matt Suggs at number three, J&J at number four, Matt Collins, or uh, as we know now, the uh, – West Coast Wombats at number five. Uh, Jeff and Rob at six. Kevin White at seven. Allman Brothers at eight. Uh, H&F at nine. Ross and Reed, question mark, at number 10. Uh, Jordan Iwanison at 11. Jake Stanford at 12, who has his spot up for trade, apparently. And Jordan Pacer at 13. And Chase Gall is at 14. Yes, and Zach, you offered us. I, I saw this was kind of a surprise. You you posted a poll. I don't know if this was a legit poll or not, but uh, it says official vote allow managers to swap draft positions for the entire draft? Question mark. There were seven votes for yes, zero for no. Yeah, Jake just texted me this afternoon and he asked if that was allowed or not, and I was never been asked that. So I was like, hey, let's just we haven't started the season yet. Let's just put it to a vote. And I didn't think it would be a big deal, you know, to do that. Um, that's just kind of a a small thing to vote on. So we went ahead and did that, and obviously it was a landslide. So somebody wanted to swap a position with somebody, and that was it, just a one-for-one one swap. That's fine. Right. Um, yeah, And that really – this was probably the fastest pre-draft meeting we've ever had. We didn't really cover anything besides the – you know, the, where, we're at, where everyone's picking. Can I go through that? Yeah. Uh, 
did you did you like the way everything kind of went, Zach? It was pretty smooth. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just heard it was. You know, some people thought it was boring because <laughs> really, uh, yeah, uh, just because we didn't have anything to to go over. You know, so it was just kind of, um, you know, just show up and get the the draft order and then leave. So, but that's fine. I mean, if nobody wants to to discuss anything, I'm not going to force the issue. Um, you know, in the past, I brought up keepers and um you know different things like substitutions and stuff like that but i just didn't bring anything up this year and and nobody else contributed anything either so it was it was pretty basic for this uh this year's pre-draft meeting let me just say real quickly too we didn't do a poll question at the top of the episode but last week's poll question from episode 85 who the best trash talker is in our league and let me just go over the results here real quickly six votes for ryan Risher. Two votes for you, Zach, and Jay Myrick, the lone voter for Kevin White. Um, I think that's kind of how you thought it'd go, right? Rish getting the majority of the votes. Oh yeah, for sure. I think he kind of Rish kind of plays the quantity over quality game, if that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it's just heavy insults, uh, real fast, real quick. I mean, you can tell by the uh, Photoshop jobs that not a lot of work being put in. Just just a frequent trash talking. Yes, yeah. But one thing, too, that return, you know, we, we missed a little bit of Ryan Richer's, uh, you know, his, his trash talking throughout the offseason. One thing, too, we missed is the blog that Chase Goss started, I want to say like a year ago, Big Orange Bullies. There is a blog that he is, uh, I want to say last year again, he started cmbfantasy.blogspot.com. Zach, Chase put out a blog this morning, or maybe it was, yeah, this morning, says every team's worst first-round pick and this is just looking back at the 2017 draft. Zach, I know you read this. this. Was there anything in that blog post that you you know particularly found interesting or stood out to you there? Yeah, I don't think there was anything that stood out to me. Um, but I just thought the whole thing was great. You know, the effort and the time that it took to put something together like that just for the league is is why I love you know the league that we have. But um, I thought it was a great read. You know, I just enjoyed it. What about you? Yeah, I liked where, where Chase was talking about himself and, and the best pick being Adam Thielen. And he just kind of starts out saying, you know, this is the part where I get to brag on myself. I don't know, Chase Chase and I, we were in journalism school together at, at Tech. I don't know if people know that, but, you know, Chase always been a good writer. I, I've really enjoyed these blogs that he's been posting. I'll say this too. I, I think Courtney, you know, the new manager in our league, he's, he's about to find out kind of how dedicated this league is. And he's walking into some really cool content with the podcast and with with this blog that chase posts and everything that comes with the facebook group i think he's gonna have a lot of fun in this league yeah uh side note i just found out that courtney does not have facebook so he will join uh blake and jeff gall as uh the trio that does not have it but maybe we can talk them into it because uh, those guys that do not have it are missing out on a lot of great stuff uh in our facebook league Absolutely. They're missing out on the discussion that we have, but um, it's just, it's another good thread to, to trash talk. I mean, imagine the kind of stuff Courtney could share on the Facebook group about Ross. Oh yeah. It's like if, if we had a message board, if people actually use the message board on the Yahoo league, Oh yeah. Uh, that's, this is what it would be like, but everybody posts everything in the Facebook group. So if you don't have Facebook, you should probably get it just for this alone. And that's probably it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And we've, we've talked a little bit on this episode, Zach, about, you know, you've, we've mentioned Jeff with, uh, and, and 
Rob, of course, with speedy players and guys who play special teams. We talked about Larry Fitzgerald and, and Greg. Let's talk – I decided to come up with this earlier in the week. We're going to do an all-CMB lineup. So, Zach, this is a lineup of current players in the league that are most likely to wind up on certain teams in our league. Um, is there anyone that comes to mind before we start doing this, uh, this lineup here, Zach? So – Maybe when you say a certain manager, I'll tell you who I think of. Okay. Does that work? So you can you go with yours, and I'll just – I want to do this off the top of my head. All right. First position here, quarterback, Andrew Luck. Okay, so you've got it for Chase. Right. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, for Chase, I would put – obviously, being a Colts fan, you would just put some Colts players. So Andrew Luck is a great choice for him. So I have an entire lineup here, and we'll, we'll run through this a little quickly here. But for, for the quarterback, I put Andrew Luck for Chase. I mean, I think the guy has taken him every healthy season that, that uh, you know, Andrew Luck has played. Yeah, and if, if Andrew Luck looks good in preseason, um, man, and if he does well this season, it's just going to be – that'll be torture for Chase not to have him on his team. A uh, notable mention here is Matt Stafford for Greg. That one was actually submitted by Jake. He told me to put that one for, for Greg. Is Greg usually pick Stafford? Yeah, Greg does have Stafford on his team a lot, so I agree with that one. The other person I would put for Greg is Kyle Rudolph. Yes, another good one. Greg being a Vikings fan, for yeah. sure. I only put one running back here. Maybe, Zach, you have some other ideas in mind, but I put LaShawn McCoy for Jordan Iwanison. Yeah, I agree with that. Um I would also, like running back-wise, always think of uh, Jake. And I think that he is going to pick somebody like this year. It's going to be like Rex Burkhead. It's going to be somebody that he really wants on his team. Yep. Deion Lewis. Um, I don't know. It's just like some of those people from the Patriots, whether they're on, the, on that team or not. He, it's just kind of like he follows them, you know? Like uh, Garrett Blunt, you know, with Philly, it, it yeah. seems like he always just seems to wind up on Jake's roster. So I'm going with Deion Lewis and Rex Burkhead this year on Jake. I think of former Browns running backs when I think of guys that would go on, of course, Jeff and Rob Gaw. You know, I'm, I'm talking guys like Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson, I'm trying to think of some other names that come to mind. But yeah, just any Browns running back. So this year it could be like Nick Chubb or uh, Duke Johnson. Yeah. For Jake? No, no, for Jeff and Rob Gaw. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any okay, Browns yeah. running back, right? Yeah. Yes. And then receiver, another one for Jake. So obvious, Antonio Brown. Yeah. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. Jake posts about him in the Facebook group. I mean, it, it's definitely, you know, James Cobb mentioned that his man crush was Deshaun Watson. Jake's is definitely A.B. Yeah. Danny Amendola for, for James Lane. I didn't want to say James and Blake because I don't know if Blake feels the same way. <laughs> But James loves Amendola. Armadillo. That's yeah. right. It all started back years ago with, uh, I think, Taylor when he was in the league, Taylor Cup. And it's just continued every year. It just seems like <laughs> James, if he doesn't have something prepared, he's going to just yell out Armadillo and see if he's there. There are a few things that we're sure are going to happen at our draft. Right? Richard's going to make some grand entrance, and he is going to eat Slim Jim's. You know, Jordan Iwanison is going to draft a player that's been drafted or plays on the offensive line. And then James Lane is going to call out Armadillo at some point. Yeah, I agree with all that. Except this year, you know, with, with Rish, 
got two boys now, got this new job, promoting it on Facebook all the time. He hasn't come up to me and said anything about an entrance at all. Um, usually he's already got it planned. So I'm kind of not sure if it's going to happen this year. Are you saying he's like preoccupied with the kids and the job yeah, or, or yeah, is he just? I think he might be. You yeah. Know? I don't know. Times have changed. Maybe like a maturity thing. <laughs> I don't know. Well, hey, another a couple other receivers here. Jeff Gaw, Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I feel like ever since he's been in the league, Jeff's taken a, a stab at Hill. And Jeff and Rob, anybody that'll return, you know, returnage. Oh, for sure. Return yards, you know, with a wide receiver. I mean, they he you know they were Rob's power runners for the longest time. Yes. Amari Cooper for Matt Suggs. See, I don't think of Cooper with Suggs for some reason. So all I, I mean, remember, all I can think of with Suggs is Terrell Pryor and and you know letting that that drop to uh, the waiver wire when he finally cut him. Yeah, Terrell Pryor forever on Matt Suggs' no thanks list. Yes, yes. Uh, tight end, I don't know why. So both tight ends here, Zach, I actually have as members of H&F. Antonio Gates and Rob Gronkowski. Is that fair? Um, I guess. I, t- Antonio Gates? I don't I know. F- I feel If we go back and look at the record books, I feel like you and Brian had Antonio Gates on your lineup more often than not. Not gonna lie, um, we've had so many players on our rosters. I don't really remember them all. So because they get traded within yeah, like traded. three weeks. Yeah, like we just you know, and Gronk. I mean, we just had him last year, and then you had him the year before. And I don't think we've really had. I think Gronk. This might have been the only year we've had Gronk. Well, okay, so let's move on to IDPs and Kiko Alonso. Obviously, the first IDP that comes to anybody's mind for Kevin White. Oh yeah. I mean, if yep. you're going to name your team after an IDP, I, I would imagine that that is your favorite player. Yeah, yep. Navarro Bowman with Rob Gaw. Yep. I mean, I, I, I swear he, for a while, was the first IDP off the board for a number yes. of seasons. Yes. Uh, another one here, Jordan Iwanazin and Calais Campbell. Yep. I agree with that. Uh, Except okay. for last year, he didn't have him. It was his best year yet. Yeah, so strange. And then uh, Rashad Jones to H&F, which is still sort of a sore spot for me, but he's always on H&F. You know, we are always welcome to Mr. Jones being on our roster. And I just realized, again, that's another one of those, like, silent troll jobs by Zach Henson uh, trash-talking a little. How? With what? What did I do? With Rashad Jones. I mean, I feel like every year since then, you'll draft Jones. (laughs) Yeah, just to kind of like trigger that memory for you. Yeah, and you'll look at me during the draft and like wink or something. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. And then the last IDP here, I just put any Titans IDP for Ryan Risher because I feel like it gets late in draft, every single draft, and you'll just hear it. It gets to Risher's turn, and he says, "Uh, Wesley Woodyard or (laughs) uh, Kevin Byard. You know, it's like he just grabs a Titans IDP because it's it's kind of the, the names that come to mind. Yeah. Defense special teams, I picked 49ers for Rob Gaw. Okay, yeah. That one's, that one's a little difficult to think of a team and, and, right. a, you know, and a manager. But obviously the kicker here, Zach, I don't even have to say it. Man, I wish I had the audio for this. I, he's, he's probably in his car right now shaking his head because he knows. I actually don't know whose team to put him on, yours or Jake's. Oh, man. Brandon McManus. That's right. It's our boy. Yeah, so 
that kind of that's that's our all CMB lineup. Zach, maybe I'll have you uh, post this to the Facebook group, and we'll see if people agree with this. It'll, this will be kind of in lieu of our poll question. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Yep. Any additions or you know people don't agree with something? I think that's a good topic starter right there. Yeah, for sure. So covered a lot this week. This is a big podcast in terms of just like the guests we've had on and, and a lot of the stuff around the league. Football's back, so I would imagine we're going to try and keep these podcasts again every week around a 45-minute mark. This one a little longer, um, but we're excited. Football's back. That's right. Hey, one last bit of CMB League news, and I almost forgot to share it, Zach, but this is like a little bit of breaking news. It won't be breaking by the time people hear it uh, when they listen to this podcast, but one of our own, Jordan Iwanizen, uh, elected tonight. Congratulations, elected yeah, as the district, the district three Putnam County Commissioner. Yeah, I saw him um, over at College Side when we were at the playground over there with Winnie, and he was campaigning pretty hard and sunburned and everything. But uh, he uh, he did it. So congratulations. Let me read a statement here from uh, Jordan M. Iwanizen himself. Again, elected as the Putnam County Commissioner for District 3. He says, thank you, 3rd District. You voted for vision and for fresh leadership in our county. I want to give a humble thank you for expressing your faith in me and the vision I have been projecting through this campaign. I will work hard in service for our county, almost said country, to find solutions to help us that bright future on the horizon. All right. I cannot thank you enough. Zach, Jordan Iwanzen is now a commissioner. How do you feel about this, adding another commissioner to the league? Oh, wow. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, I'll have to digest that and comment on that later. All right. We'll get a statement from HNF. Zach, let's move on here. Last segment, Tweet of the Week. Tweet of the Week. Wow. <laughs> Man, you're always uh, throwing me off guard with these new bumpers. I like it, though. I mean, that that threw me off guard. So... <laughs> Zach, do you have a tweet of the week this week? I do. Um, I thought this was hilarious. And uh, Field Yates put this out. It was how Adam Schefter's 5.02 40-yard 40 um, 40 dash matches up. It was This is versus the 2018 NFL Combine participants. Adam Schefter was fifth among participants, offensive linemen, um, 5.27 average. He was 16th among the 17 participating quarterbacks. So he was faster than somebody. Um, and very last among the wide receivers, running backs, defensive linemen, linebackers, and place kickers. Notable players with slower 40 times than Adam Schefter, Vontez Burflicht, Indomitian Sue, Gerald McCoy, and Calais Campbell. It's actually amazing. That is, it's impressive, yeah. It's pretty impressive. Uh, faster than maybe Rich Eisen's? You know, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't see what his was this year, so um, I'll have to look into that. No, that's good. I like that. Uh, you know, we've talked a couple of weeks ago. I, I think I mentioned as one of my best part of the week is how I'm kind of getting past my sort of uh, hatred. Not really hatred. That's not a good word for it. But I was getting annoyed with people who were obsessed with The Office, so I decided to just watch it from start to finish. And I want to say I'm, like, in season four right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to appreciate this tweet – this tweet is actually a retweet. Um, the account Netflix Life tweet says, which character from The Office are you? And the person who retweeted it is an actress named Angela Kenzie, who plays Angela in the show The Office. She retweeted, which character from The Office are you? And she says Angela. 
So yeah, I, I, saw, I saw that as well and favorited it. I thought that was great. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Zach, this is a long episode. Let's go ahead and cut this. We will podcast this whole episode, and we will also podcast the interview we had with James Coe. Really appreciate him coming on. And, of course, the new – uh, co-managers together, Matt Collins and Courtney Norton. Is that the last name? That's right. You got it. All right. Courtney Norton. Welcome to the league. Yes. That's a W. That's E1.